Hello, my teacher friends, and welcome to episode number 20 of the Beyond Measure podcast. Wait a minute, 20? Can that possibly be right? Well, I guess it is. So before we go any further, let me tell you how much your support of my little project here means to me. I have made so many new teacher friends through this podcast And for the record, I know that more of you are out there. So please don't hesitate to throw me an email over at beyondmeasurepodcast at gmail.com or hang out with me on Facebook here or Instagram. (laughs) Anyway, today we are talking about preserving gratitude. We are tackling this today because, well... The winter blues is a real thing, my friends. Combine that with the fact that society as we know it is still continuing to navigate uncharted territory, and we're tired, maybe we're a little grumpy, and plus, you know, we deal with people for a living. (laughs) And people are awesome, but they're also really tricky sometimes. (laughs) I'm thinking today about that age-old truth that I'm sure you have experienced yourself, the one that says we can receive 100 compliments for every one point of criticism, but at the end of the day, the only remark we find ourselves thinking about is what? (laughs) That one negative thought. Now, I'm probably like the nine millionth person to talk about this phenomenon on the internet, but it's not a struggle I see going away anytime soon. So here we go, nine million and one. (laughs) So because you all seem to love a story around here, I'll just start with an example today. (laughs) I've mentioned before that I teach adjunct at a local university. And these days, I teach piano pedagogy and piano literature, but once upon a time, I taught a large gen ed music appreciation class. So this is a class of like 70 to 80 students. Well, anyone in university faculty land will tell you that there is one time of semester that you feel your stomach drop down into your toes. And that is when you get the message saying your end of semester student evaluations are completed and ready for you to view. (laughs) Of course, we are all aware that the students who tend to be the most vocal on those kinds of evaluations are the ones who feel burned or have been waiting all semester to tell you exactly how they think your policies stink. These are the kids who didn't like the fact that you wouldn't excuse them from their fifth absence from oversleeping, or who didn't like the fact that you actually enforced your deadlines. So in a course of 70 plus students, there's a very strong likelihood that someone isn't your biggest fan. Well, the final round I taught of that particular course was back in 2010, and it was just before the birth of my first daughter. So I had decided I was taking a break from university teaching when she arrived, and for all I knew at the time, that was my last round of teaching there. So by the time the end of the semester rolled around, I was just so done. 
and I didn't even bother reading those course evaluations. Well, fast forward a decade when I returned to teaching at the same university, albeit different courses, but at the end of the first semester, when I logged in to read my student evaluations from pedagogy class that semester, I realized that those student evaluations from 10 years prior were still sitting in my file. (laughs) Interestingly, all the other semesters had already been archived, but I could still access that one class whose evaluations I had never read. Well, I started reading, and it was so great. Like, I had loads of positive feedback, all kinds of student comments about how I'd helped them discover a love for music they never thought they'd like, how organized I was, how much they appreciated my enthusiasm. I even had someone say something about how I was, like, obviously a leader in my profession. (laughs) So it was very encouraging, even 10 years later. Well, you probably know where this is going. Then I read The One. (laughs) Of course there was one, right? Do you want to know what it said? It said, word for word, While Professor Whitlock is clearly passionate about the material, I couldn't help but feel like I was sitting in kindergarten every class. (laughs) You can kind of see it, right? So, okay, that's certainly not the worst thing that's ever been said about me. (laughs) But out of 70 plus evaluations, guess which one I can still to this day quote word for word. The others, you know, I barely remember. (laughs) Ah, the human brain, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Of course, you don't have to teach at a university to know the sting of negative comments sent your way, do you? In fact, those of us in independent teacher land often catch a lot more flack because negative remarks from our students or their families threaten our pride, but they also threaten our income. Now, let it be known, sometimes negativity is warranted. I mean, I hate to say it, but teachers can make mistakes, you know. (laughs) But those times when we feel punched in the gut through no fault of our own, yikes, those really sting. If you haven't figured it out already, I love my students, and I get super attached, like, almost immediately. And there's a good chance you do, too which is almost always a great thing, but if you've been teaching for any amount of time, I'd be willing to bet that you've also learned it can leave you with a broken heart. One of the most difficult situations in my entire teaching career went down just a few years ago. It involved a student who I just adored But our relationship came to a very abrupt conclusion after I was disrespected in a pretty big way by a parent. So this was a student I was really invested in, and it broke my heart. And I mean, like, I cried daily for at least three weeks straight. And I mean, that student was on my mind so often that I kept calling my other students her name. It was ridiculous. To this day, I hate even talking about it because I know that student is never going to understand why I disappeared from her life. 
So I really don't even like talking about it. But I tell you this story because it marked kind of an aha moment for me. You see, at the same time this conflict was happening, my students were in the height of their spring semester, like festival, competition, recital season, which brings with it tons of happy parents. <laughs> so amidst all of this hurt and the names I had been called and the sadness and the doubt I was feeling, I kept getting this onslaught of texts and emails and thank you gifts and all of these things from parents who actually didn't think I was the worst person on the planet. <laughs> and it was during that time that I realized I had to make a conscious effort to focus on expressions of gratitude that I was being gifted at that time. You know, as teachers, we really do typically receive the gift of praise and gratitude occasionally through the year. <laughs> but like we've already established, it's all too easy to let those expressions get drowned out by even one not-so-encouraging comment. <laughs> one bad experience. One review. Since this is clearly human nature to focus on the negative, what's a teacher to do? <laughs> well, I think we need to make the positives impossible to ignore. Ever since that day, Every single time I get a nice text message from a parent telling me, I don't know, that their student loves their piece this week or how much they appreciated what I did for them that day, I take a screenshot of it very faithfully. <laughs> and that goes into a file that I have created in my Evernote account. Thank you, Amy Chaplin, who blogs over at pianopantry.com for uh, selling me on the beauty of Evernote, by the way. <laughs> it takes a little while to train yourself, but seriously, commit right now to making this a habit. Take a screenshot of every email, every text, every happy piano parent post on social media that makes you feel good. Likewise, you know those sweet notes that we get from students like at Christmas or at the end of the school year or whenever? Keep a select few of those in a card box that is easily accessible to you. You know, I used to have these grandiose visions of creating these beautiful scrapbooks with my students' cards over the years, and that is really great for those of you who do it, but it's definitely proven to not be happening in my current season of life. <laughs> so instead of filing them all away, like I've been doing, keep those extra special notes or drawings in a place that you will actually flip through them regularly. So you get the idea. I'm just encouraging you right now to make a habit of collecting encouragement and then make a habit of reviewing it often. <laughs> so that way, if you're having a day where imposter syndrome is setting in, or you're feeling unappreciated, ineffective, or whatever, go to your album, pull out the card box, read those beautiful affirming words. <laughs> Don't just tuck them away to be forgotten or relegated into the archives of cyberspace. I am a big advocate of keeping things in plain sight. 
So if you're having a tough time, display a thank you note right where you can see it if it's going to help you. One more thought today. If you find yourself struggling because you don't feel like you're getting much in the way of positive feedback from your student studio families, remember this. As a society, we really stink at showing gratitude. We do. You know, some of us are surely better than others, but in the end, we could all do so much better. So I would suggest two things. One, be ultra intentional about showing gratitude yourself. I think that energy attracts similar energy. Do you ever tell your cashier at the grocery store that they are really good at their job? (laughs) I dare you to, and watch how much you catch them off guard. I don't know about you, but I'm just all about reaping and sowing, and I think that comes into play with the idea of gratitude. So second, just because your studio families aren't actively telling you that they adore you, that doesn't mean it's not the case. My mom always likes to remind me that our students generally won't keep paying us if they're not actually happy. But if you would find yourself benefiting from some encouraging words, I would encourage you to consider asking studio families for some testimonials. I've never really been comfortable asking for them personally, But I did find myself in a position in November where I was planning a website upgrade in the near future, and I finally mustered up the courage to request some testimonials for the new site. They're not posted yet, so don't go hunting for them. But friends, I cannot tell you how generous my studio families were with their words. I tried to make it easy and as low-key as I could. I just set up a testimonial document in Google Forms, and I just asked them to speak to their positive experience in my studio. I emailed that link to current families, letting them know that participation was absolutely optional. I did not collect names in the document, and I made sure to point that out so no one felt obligated one way or the other. I kept it simple. I kept it humble, noting that it was very much outside my comfort zone to ask for these in the first place. And again, I just can't tell you how kind the responses were. Let me read part of one to you right now. I had a student's parent write, quote, her lessons are magical. She has a wonderful ability to be nurturing while retaining high standards. She is quick to laugh and always has time to hear about her students' day and interests. She builds up her students, making them feel that anything is possible, even learning 40 pieces in a few months or performing for over 70 people in December. She is truly refreshing and worth every penny. (laughs) End quote. Truth be told, I am weirdly embarrassed to read that review on this podcast. I am not trying to pat myself on the back, but I will ask you this. Who among us wouldn't benefit from reading that our lessons are seen as magical? (laughs) That our efforts to connect with our students are noticed? And furthermore, that we are worth what we're charging? (laughs) Um, I don't know about you, 
but I can most definitely use more of that in my life. (laughs) And yes, I did ask for it, but in a very no-pressure way. And now I have over a dozen similarly generous responses at my disposal anytime I want to read them. My next step is to follow up with graduated students because I've been watching my pal Charlene Sheltsy post some of those on social media lately, and that is super heartwarming as well. The last thing I'll note today is the fact that I am admittedly terrible at receiving compliments or acknowledging when I've done a job well. Truthfully, it took me weeks to open that testimonial document and read what my studio parents had submitted. I mean, I knew it would be positive, but there is something innate in me that has a very hard time receiving it. But at the same time, since we've acknowledged the truth that we do absorb negative ideas so easily, it is all the more important that we are actively seeking out ways to feed ourselves positive thoughts as often as possible. And with that being said, please allow me to pour some positive affirmations into your brain with the following toast to you. (laughs) Music teacher, friends of the world, today is a day to celebrate the good that you are bringing to your corner of the world every day. As a teacher of music, you are benefiting your students intellectually, emotionally, physiologically, and artistically, every single lesson and with every performance activity. If you're anything like me, your spring performance obligations are starting to hit that calendar in a serious way, and that brings with it a different set of stressors and emotions. You are creating memories and opportunities for your students all the time. Experiences that they are going to carry with them for a lifetime. You do not have to be perfect. (laughs) You do not have to fear judgment from others. You simply have to encourage the next student in front of you to keep growing. And you have to trust that you are the person to do that job. Thank you for sharing your heart with the world, my friend. Hear, hear. Okay, so what's the takeaway from episode 20? Surround yourself with as many positive reminders of the gifts you've been given. So tonight, while you're watching TV, go back through all your texts and your email conversations and screenshot anything that makes you smile. Go retrieve some of those sweet notes from those file folders you've been storing and let yourself receive that kindness once again. Be quick to extend gratitude to others this week and I'll be surprised if it isn't returned back to you. Thank you so much, my friends. Speaking of gratitude, if any of you feel so led to hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a positive review, I would be really excited about it. 
true to form. I really hate asking you to do that, but it does help and I promise you it will make my day in a huge way. (laughs) Come follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm over there at Beyond Measure Podcast. And if you need a different way to get a hold of me, you can always email beyondmeasurepodcast at gmail.com. I have several speaking engagements coming up, so you will be able to find more details on all of those places. Thank you so much, my friends. I am looking forward already to chatting again with you next week. So in the meantime, let's make it the best week yet.